1: Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD, by God, Oliva. How you doing, JD? I think it worked, by God. Yeah, we we are on StreamYard for the first time with Brace for Impact, man. I'm excited
2: about this. Me too. Here's hoping this whole thing works this time and doesn't (laughs) blow up in our faces like last time.
1: Yeah yeah so we've had uh issues the last couple of weeks we've uh, been stuck on zoom and uh with all of our technical difficulties but uh JD was uh, gracious enough to spend some extra time with uh with our homeboy Jeremy he is a BFI original and uh went over some of the software i think we're good now man i think i think we're live pal we're on we're on this deal rock and roll Rock and roll, man. And a quick uh, housekeeping notes, a quick announcement. So um, if you're listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and if you're watching along on YouTube, um, you're going to get this whole show for free. Uh, we're, we're just going to upload the entire thing. So typically the stuff that you would normally hear on Patreon that you would have to pay for, we're just giving you that this week for free as we test out this new software and as we test out a new process. So we're pretty excited about that. So we're uploading the whole show to YouTube. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course on on Patreon, man. We're pretty excited about that.
2: Yeah, man. this is uh, This is everyone getting a free sample of what the Brace for Impact Life is all about. And it was a pretty good episode to start with.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode. Um, It took me a little bit to get the to get it going. I I had, uh, had, you know, when I whenever I get off work, so Um, I get off work at 4.30, and I get home, and it's usually like right around 5 o'clock. Well, the show comes on at 2 p.m. Hawaii time, right? It ends at 4 p.m. Hawaii time. I get home, we rush into dinner, and then immediately I have to come upstairs to watch the show. Um, And that process just did not work tonight. So I started watching the show a little bit late. I was able to skip all the commercials, skip some of the entrances, and I was able to record right on time. Um, And I I thought – you know,
2: Impact did a really good job putting this episode together, and I'm actually getting more excited for Slammiversary. Mike, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, man, I want to do this show, right? When we were talking about, like, oh, I just started 90 minutes. Like, fine. So I went down and watched the first episode of Kenobi. It freaking rules. If you have Disney+, Plus, do yourself a Ooh. favor this weekend and watch okay. Kenobi. It's, yeah. have, you seen, have you seen Unforgiven? Of course. I'm a man. We're getting the Star Wars version of Unforgiven. Bro, I am excited about
1: that, dude. So I, I will likely be watching the first episode of Kenobi right after we're done
2: recording here tonight. So it's the first two are up. So you were like, "Let's go." I said, "Ah, I need, I need five minutes. I need five minutes. <laughs> I had to yeah. finish it. It's, it's pretty awesome." So I can't. The first two episodes are up. So yeah, we had to, it was a good night, man. Good wrestling, good Star Wars stuff is always better than bad Star Wars stuff and bad wrestling. Yeah. So it's good. Good to be here. Awesome,
1: man. Well, I'm glad you're having a great night. Much better than the last couple couple weeks tonight. Great night for everybody. Great night for all involved. It was a great night for Laredo Kid as he defeated Black Taurus on the BTI pre-show. And that was Talking BTI. Thank you, folks. Thank you for Talking BTI with us.
2: had Both luchadors on the the, uh, BTI show this week, huh?
1: Yeah, they did. They had uh, two of their two luchadores in the company. And uh, naturally, um, one of them has to lose. So I was upset that one of them lost. But what can you do? They were wrestling each other, maybe double DQ. I don't know. But at least, you know, Laredo kid who is in the singles division, uh, at least he got a victory. So that's true. That's yeah. true um somebody somebody sent us another message or another comment said hey looks look you guys are gonna have to actually cover bti this week uh, because they have a good match we're like no 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 way sir we are not covering bti
2: sorry that can't happen we covered bti one time and that was the marathon the, what do they call it iron man mash iron man we will never do it again
1: no no, never never going to happen. Uh, opening video was highlighted by Violent by Design failing to recapture the tag team titles last week and coming to blows uh, at the end of the show, setting up their match with the Briscoes and Josh Alexander. So big-time main event, Briscoes and Josh Alexander versus Violent by Design. Uh, look, that, that was a great, great main event. And uh, our first match here... Is uh, I don't know if it's a dream match, but this is a match that I personally have been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, Trey Miguel and Alex Shelley in an Ultimate X qualifying match. Uh, and I thought this was just a tremendous way to start the show. Uh, Alex Shelley, I don't know what's up with that guy. He, he just turned 39. I just turned 39. He looks amazing. I look the way that I look which some would say is the opposite of amazing. Um, And I'm like, just so jealous of this dude that he's just fit. He is tan. He doesn't seem to be hurting. I hurt all the time. uh, And he has been wrestling for over 20 years. And I sit at a computer all the time. So I I don't know. I don't understand how he is aging the way that he's aging, but I thought he looked tremendous tonight
2: in this opening match with Trey Miguel. One, you're being a little hard on yourself. You take pretty good care of yourself, my friend (laughs) Two. He looks great. Like, realistically, I don't know if he doesn't feel anything like yeah. let's Be real. There's no way he's waking up every morning like, man, I just feel great to be alive because I don't. <laughs> and I and I just spent a lifetime on a wrestling match, not a ring. So I imagine right. he's miserable in the morning. But who isn't? That being said, dude, this was a great match. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there, there, there was a time like I would say about halfway through, I was like, man, are they? When are they going to kick this match up into gear? I was like, when are they going to get into the next gear, or are they just going to end it soon? And that at that moment, they kicked it into another gear, and they just went for near fall after near fall. Uh, we'll we'll go we'll go here towards the end. Um, Shelly managed to escape, and it once again was a back and forth slugfest with both men attempting to gain momentum to put away this match, battling with dueling forearm shots in the middle of the ring. Shelly with the advantage and Miguel is nailed with some huge chops followed by Shelly nailing his arm over his shoulder, looking to hyperextend it. Uh, Miguel wouldn't quit and both men look for finishers, but came up unsuccessful until Shelly nailed Miguel with a driver for only a two count, a shock Shelly uh, followed up with automatic midnight for once again, for a two count. Shelly was thrown off of his game. And after a quick near fall, a relentless Miguel Rolled up Shelly in a Mahistra cradle for the victory. So he actually went for several different variations of a cradle and then eventually got the Mahistra cradle for the victory. Uh, I thought it was a great way to end the match. Um, I, I feel like this is a match that they could do again down the road because yes, Trey Miguel won this one. I don't think Alex Shelley lost anything in defeat here. Um, and I thought again, you know, Trey Miguel looked amazing in, in, in the victory here too.
2: Yeah. I thought he looked awesome. Um, I kind of think Trey needed a little bit, so I'm I'm good with it. Like, um, I don't know what we do with, you know, Shelly's just so in and out of this company. Like, I don't know what tomorrow ever is for him, realistically speaking. So, you know, I, I get it. He had to be done.
1: Yeah, yeah, ha- had to be done. So uh, Trey Miguel heads over to a Slammiversary, and he is the next contestant in the Ultimate X. Uh, coming up at Slammiversary. so now we got we have uh, speedball, Mike Bailey, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, who we'll talk about later in the show, and um, Kenny King. So there's our top four. Uh, what what are you thinking of this Ultimate X match at Slammiversary so far? I'm thinking it's gonna
2: rule. Yeah. Like how can it how can it be bad? I want to see who I really want to see who rounds this whole thing out, right? Because so yeah. far so good. Hey, you know who'd be really good as one of the uh, unnamed competitors? The Radio Kid. <laughs> well, he lost his qualifying match, so he can't do it. That doesn't matter. He'd still be really good in this match, and they could actually, you know, use him a little bit. Just thought I'd throw that out there, yeah, I'm trying to think. So, you know,
1: I did actually see some of the spoilers. um i don't I try not to read too much of those, but i I saw a little bit because there was a couple things I was interested in. And I don't remember exactly who they have as the next two contestants in this match. And Godilla has been messaging me about it. He's like, do you remember? I'm like, no. And I really don't want to go back and actually read the spoilers because I actually do like to find out things that happen when they happen on TV. That's how I prefer to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you were – okay, Laredo Kid aside because he lost, right? If you had to pick any X Division star past or present that is available, now reasonably available, right? So So I can't pick AJ Styles. You can't you can't you can't pick AJ Styles, right? Uh, I would say Samojo off the table, off the table. right? You yeah. you know what I mean? So they're not in WWE and AEW, but somebody that, that they could reasonably get for the match. Who would you pick?
2: Based on this past week, Harumu Takahashi. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that would back that's actually very interesting. He
1: he did say he wants a title shot. Scott Demore has granted him a title shot. Um he defeated Ace Austin in the best of the super juniors earlier this week. So, man, I I think that's a very interesting one. Um since they're kind of going with the TNA 20th anniversary theme, um I want to see amazing red in the match. Ooh, I like that. Now, this is just me just being completely ignorant. They may have already told people that were at the tapings exactly who it is. So I just don't remember. And I'm not saying that they're going to do a surprise thing, but if they could
2: somehow find a way to put Amazing Red in there, I'd be pretty happy about that. I don't want to know. You know, like I'm I'm much happier watching like I'm much happier watching a TNT TV show, not knowing what's gonna happen, right? So yeah. if they I don't I'm someone's gonna be going, they don't know. No, we don't know. I'm staying spoiler-free, which made Kenobi so much more fun. Actually, that I did not know anything about it going in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, Jim Miller backstage with the Briscoes and
1: Josh Alexander. All three men stated that they're looking forward to tonight's main event and remaining on top as uh the best that impact had to offer before the briscoes could step away they were interrupted by the good brothers looking to challenge so the good brothers basically said that you're not champions until you actually get a victory over the good brothers i don't know how that works but i kind of understood where they were coming from because they've been the top dogs for two years and it's like okay you guys got the titles now uh you beat violent by design for them but until you beat us you're not really the champions um so i, I thought this was a pretty effective promo and i like
2: the transition over to the good brothers yeah that's fine this is a this is one of our main matches in Impact, although, like, I don't know, the part of me starts to feel like the Good Brothers is so played out because they've been so on top here for the last two years. But depending on what happens to the contract thing, them, you know, maybe if they are on their way out, you know, passing the baton to the Good Brothers, or to the uh, uh, Briscoes is the way to go. Otherwise, you know, I don't know, I guess it'll be fine. I don't know, I just, I feel like I'm over the Good Brothers right now. What do you think? I, I, I feel the
1: same way. I... You know, and I thought that this whole Bullet Club thing was going to really light a fire into them, and I have been impressed with some of their work lately. I really liked that match last week with OGK. Yeah, was I good. that was fantastic, and I get the feeling that the Briscoes match is going to be very good, too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just don't know how interested I am in the match itself, but um after seeing the Briscoes again here tonight, I, like,
2: anything that they're doing right now, I think is great. So, oh, they're great. They're um, fantastic. They have... They have breathed new life into the division, our sparse division as it is. And I think they get, they breathed from nothing themselves. It's it's fun to see the Briscoes, you know, in a new place doing something different. They've been so Ring of Honor affiliated for so long that it's kind of fun to see them in a new place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they've been great here in Impact. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing them some more. Uh, next match, we have uh, Masha Slamovich. Uh, She took on Havoc here, Um, and this is basically Masha's first big test. She's taken on Havoc as a former former Knockouts champion. Um, After an immediate stare down, both women slapped each other across the face, and it was game on. Slamovich gained the upper hand after landing some boots as previous— uh, Prey had learned a Slamovich mas- match never lasts long as Masha nailed Havoc with the snowplow for the victory as a shocked Rosemary looked on. I'm kind of glad that they went. They kept the squash theme here, but she squashed, you know, a re- reputable competitor. Finally,
2: mm. yeah, I mean, Tom lost his mind. I can't believe it. Like he he pulled out from yeah. <laughs> his he pulled out some of his old WWE tricks in that one. Like okay, that's. <laughs> It's havoc. Like we all knew yeah. this was coming. Like I imagine we're going to get a Rosemary match coming out of this too. Right. I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming so that she'd be a Rosemary too. She's the more credible of the two. I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, this is what you do with older, with, yeah, I'll say it older. She'd been around forever. This is what shoot the old talent. You help put them on, put them, put over the new ones and move the product along. It just, I don't know. It's, it's fine. Like, yeah, this is probably what you do. I'd like to see a little more story with her. Cause it's really yeah. not, we're not really doing much to a story. Like she's squashing people. That's fine. I have no qualm with that whatsoever. Let's see Wardlow. But <clears throat> I wanted, I'd like to see uh, some storytelling with Masha, right? Instead of her right. just killing people. Yeah. I, so I
1: think this was the next progression because she's been beating up nobodies for a long time since it's I think November. November. Yeah, she's beating up nobody since November. Well, she came in and, um, despite Havoc's latest win loss record, she does have a little, a bit more credibility than the talent that she's been competing against, and uh, was able to beat her just as easy as she beat everybody else. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think the story begins is her march towards a title shot uh, eventually, depending on who
2: comes out of the Queen of the Mountain match at uh, Slamiversary. So, I don't. Again, that's, this is me just being the narrative guy nitpicking. That's not really a story. Like, you need to have like some like their stakes are there but i mean like give me like something else yeah. like what is standing in her way why like right i'm a I'm a robert mckee guy so story you know you have a you have a protagonist they have a goal right something is standing in their way and they have to overcome obstacles and like there's got to be something personal in there and when they reach their goal they're changed right that's a story so i need like The nuts and bolts are there, right? But I need the stuff. I need the connective tissue. I need to have... I need to feel like this is a character. Like, Masha needs... I need to know what is she other than just someone who beats people up. Like, we don't really know anything about her. And that's... I think after six months, like I feel like I I need a little more. at Seven months. I feel like I need a little more at this point to get invested in her and his character. Again, I'm not... I can't just get, oh, man, that match was good. Like, good wrestling is everywhere there's so much good wrestling everywhere now like oh yeah let's 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 embrace some storytelling like let me give me give me a story give me a why give me give me some feelings give me something no i i I totally get
1: it and um i i hope they start to give us that soon Mm -hmm um Trey Miguel was backstage being congratulated on his victory earlier tonight by impact talent including Alex Shelley uh Kenny King interrupted and started talking uh, down to Miguel before Blake Christian of all people stepped up and challenged King to a match for his ultimate X opportunity uh Christian's uh, dialogue here kind of reminded me why he probably didn't make it in uh, WWE um
2: <laughs> did you watch any of his NXT 2.0 stuff I was out by that. point. So I I, I only noticed cause I this is when I did the the flagship with Garrett. Right. When I when I co-host with him is I watched one 2.0 and, and he was still on the show. And his character was he was a dork with a hot girlfriend. <laughs> that was his character. He's a that's dork. Pretty close to real life. <laughs> uh, based on tonight, that's the first thing I thought <laughs> of. I'm like, oh, they really didn't go too far with that. Did they? Yeah. Probably why? He got. It's probably why I got that part on the show. Like, um, I think Blake's really good in the ring. But oh, uh, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, but the character stuff, not there yet. But this <laughs> is what you can do in Impact is you can really find yourself, see Ace Austin. Like, yes. um, so, you know, it is what it is. He he did, he did come off like, because even Kenny King's like, who are you? And I, I, I started laughing. I was like, yeah, Kenny, tell him.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i i was like because uh, and kenny's calling himself the um the greatest x division champion of all time
2: which is a a bit of a stretch i would say it's, it's you know what it is it's very honky-tonk-esque yes yeah. Right when he would say, yeah. people like, Well, he's not the greatest intercontinental champion of all, yeah, that's the that's the bit, dork, right? Like, that's the point. So, <laughs> that's I the think whole gimmick, dude. Um, that's, that's the heat, if you will. Yeah, the
1: heat. so Christians uh challenged him to a match for his ultimate X opportunity. Uh, but King turned him down before Miguel mock King's claims of being the best champ ever. King then accepted that uh, Christian's challenge uh, for next week. So, if they could find a way to get Christian in that match, I think that's cool too. Oh, absolutely.
2: Um, Is I hope they sign Blake Christian, I think he fits in great on this roster.
1: Uh me too uh, and this is a if if he wants to learn how to do promos i think this is a great place for him mm-hmm. to learn how to do promos because uh like you you referenced ace austin who's turning into a pretty good promo mm-hmm. i will i will um also bring up uh w morrissey oh absolutely who was not a good promo before he came here and then now he has turned into a good promo and steve macklin he might have been a good promo before he came here but we
2: never got to see that we in never... wwe but we have seen that now so yeah yeah morrissey's big thing was spelling spelling words wrong in wwe <laughs> and now yeah. he's come here and he's got a character like i was talking about right. before like we know what makes him tick we know about him as a human being we care about him and i agree i think that if uh you know i think it's what's great about impact like i was called before it's like memphis right you get guys that come in the door maybe they don't stay forever but they can really improve on their craft while they're here and we mm-hmm. know blake's a guy that can go in the ring he's been good for a long time but his uh <laughs> what I, think, I forget who called someone called it a oh, kevin kelly called it a wwe excursion like yeah. with alex Zane. that thought that was hilarious the same thing with Blake yeah. with christian you know it didn't it didn't do much for him realistically like i don't think he's any better he clearly didn't get better in promos but i think here he can do that he can make those strides so i'd like to see it hope hope he sticks around
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, Swan was backstage and stated that if Matt Cardona and his digital media title wanted to hide, he would go looking for them. He then changed his focus and challenged Matthew Raywalt, the king of all drama, to a future match due to the fact that Raywalt cost him his opportunity at the World Championship Slammiversary. Um, So it looks like we're getting that match. That's great. Is Cardona ever coming back? He keeps saying he's coming back, and then um, and he's been advertising himself and Kurt uh, Hawkins, uh, aka Brian Myers, as the the major players, and that they're the best tag team in uh, Impact. Yet they have not actually had a tag team match in Impact, um, and they're being advertised for shows in Atlanta coming up and in Louisville. But on the on one of the nights that Cardona's being advertised in Louisville, he's already being advertised for a show in LA for GCW. So I don't know what's going on with that guy. Go to
2: your happy price, price line. I, I'm trying to insert the fake COVID test joke, but I can't find the proper opportunity to slip that in. So uh, I, I would say save that for burner. the
1: Patreon, but we do have a bit later for that. So oh, we
2: do good. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah.
1: It's, um, it's <clears> not exclusive to Patreon this week, but we do so, have a
2: bit for that. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm glad. Um, you know, I I don't know, man. Like I've been saying it for months that this guy is being really underutilized here, well, and perhaps he's not being paid what he thinks he should be so well the reason why
1: he's being underutilized is because he's not as available as they would like him to be but what but what concerns the chicken or the egg right that's what i'm saying is he not as available as they would like him to be because they don't want to pay him the money
2: that he wants i i don't know what what the deal is i think if he's well he's proven to be a draw in the indies right yeah Is like zach Ryder of all people now legitimately is a draw on top of being like you know easy to get over so if if it's telling me, this, if if like if GCW you're making more of GCW than you are of Impact, that's an issue for Impact, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to lose out on bookings to indie shows, right? Yeah. That have subpar uh, video production when Impact mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, usually some of the best, right? Yeah, they had some work lately, but I mean, like it's still better than most. So I mean, like maybe we got to pony up the money because I think Cardona could be a top guy in this company if if we can get everybody on the same page. And it looks like we're struggling with that right now. If they can get
1: guaranteed dates on the guy or first rights to the guy, they could get behind him and he can help carry the company and
2: actually sell some damn tickets. But they got a pony up that scratch, man. Like, yeah, it's, man. like you said, chicken egg, like, like we're seeing this in the bigger stage with, with like MJF, right? Like he's talking about that stuff. Like he wants to be paid his value. Cardona is old school, man. He's going where the money's good. Like he's, Matt is a modern day Bruiser Brody. Quote me. There, there you go. Yeah. I, I, um, not, Actually, not in the, the ring, but,
1: but his business savvy the I business say, savvy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
2: I, that was more of a joke than anything else. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to get heat, pal. Trying to try. I'm working with the clickbait,
1: trying to get the clickbait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're also trying to get blocked by John LaRocca. So but it's,
2: <laughs> it's, it's like... <laughs> if I haven't been yet, I don't think I will be. <laughs>
1: uh jordan grace uh she defeated speaking of uh, matt cardona she defeated old chelsea green here um you know i gotta say this i'm pretty tough on chelsea um i thought this was one of the better matches i've seen her in in a long time um and maybe that's because of jordan grace i don't know but i thought i thought chelsea looked great here i like heel chelsea chelsea heel chelsea's great and uh good good little match that they had here
2: yeah this was fine i think that uh chelsea played a very effective chicken shit heel yeah. Right. She's a good heel. I don't, I think that she should never be a baby face. Never. Right? I think she's terrible at that, but she's really good at this role. And Jordan is very likable. Right. And you have like, like, I like the dynamic here, like um, big, strong baby face, Weasley little heel. Right. It, it, it worked really well. And, you know, Jordan's pretty good. And I think that uh, I can't say she carried her in there Cause I don't know enough to, to make that statement, but Right. I will say this is the best match I've seen Chelsea Green wrestle, and I can't think of a better one off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Yeah. No. I. I. Um,
1: I. I. I totally agree with you. I thought. I thought this match was great, and um, you, you. One can say that Grace carried the match, but I think Chelsea played her role very well and very mm-hmm. effective, and they. The two just have a good chemistry there that uh, they could probably do something with this match down the road. I think
2: Chelsea could be very Miz-like. Yeah. For a career, yeah. but, but, but better so uh, that's for scott yeah. oh hey
1: yeah chelsea is probably scott's favorite uh wrestler
2: yeah apparently we have a visitor and i wasn't prepared for this oh really but brady brady childs wants to hop in i didn't okay should we let him yeah. in <laughs> i wasn't expecting this bro you
1: tweeted out the link i thought we were live on youtube you you tweeted out the link and i retweeted oh. it
2: I thought so, that we were live on YouTube. So you're still learning how to do this stuff. <laughs> but, no, Brady shaking his head. Apparently, apparently not. Well, I'm an idiot. What do you want? Should we let him on the <laughs> show? <laughs> <laughs> you, I
1: thought you show. tweeted out the YouTube link.
2: Hey, hey, Brady. No, you, no, you screwed up enormously. <laughs> That's what I do. I'll go fix that.
1: <laughs> we we definitely screwed up if we let fucking Brady on this show. Yeah,
2: no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with Impact. I'm pulling up the report now. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out and joining our show and contributing nothing. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna remove you, then Brady. Yeah. Bye, everybody. See you, Brady. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. No, we're hey, we're learning <laughs> as we go, and I appreciate Brady showing up and telling him we're not in fact live, even though it tells me we're live. So I assumed we yeah. were live. Uh, yeah, I I thought we were live on YouTube. Turns so did I. You just tweeted
1: the a way to to hack into the show.
2: I did. It's too bad more people didn't try to keep lying them on. To be honest with you, so, oh gosh, God, we're gonna it. get fired. Uh, well, yes, probably, <laughs> but yeah, go down in a blaze of glory.
1: Yeah, uh, Scott Demora's backstage. Uh, he was interrupted by honor. or No More. Uh, Mike Bennett asked Demora uh, if he wanted to address the elephant in the room as his wife was attacked last week and she's sitting home uh, because of their unsafe work environment. Uh, Bennett stated that he wants the Good Brothers to like slam anniversary. But DeMore informed him that they were already in a match challenging for the world titles. I'm going to give credit. I know Impact really wanted to make that tag team title match at Slammiversary a 56 way, but they're keeping it <laughs> as a, just one team versus one team. But you know, you know, it's eating away at them that they don't have more teams in that match. And you know, they wanted OGK in it, right?
2: Oh, for sure. They're seeing AEW, they're going to have a three way match for the tag team titles this week. And then went, that's what we do. That's what we do. So, you know, but they're showing yeah. some restraints. Scott showed yeah. a little restraint for a change. I like it.
1: Absolutely. Um, but he said that um, he said uh, Matt Taven then took exception. And before DeMorca leave Eddie Edwards stated that if honor and Amore aren't getting what they want, nobody's getting what they want before walking off. Um, and then it says right here, Gia Miller is backstage with Diana Prazo, And then the article cuts off. So thank you, Observer. I okay. don't have the rest of the show
2: in front of me. So oh. I have to find that. So while you're finding that, do you remember when we said that PCO was going to split away from Honor No More and become a babyface? We really nailed that one, didn't we? Do you, they chalk that up to a long list of things that Mike and JD have thought that have never happened. So, yeah, I don't know. It sure seemed that way. Yeah, I, I think they
1: should do that, but they have not. So I got the rest of the show oh, good. pulled up here. Yeah, So, Gia Miller was backstage with Perazzo. Uh, she, Perazzo's upset uh, that every woman be- entering Impact wanted to make their name off of competing with her. Before Perazzo could continue, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans interrupted, and Steeles offered Perazzo to take out the Mia Yim problem together. So, uh, I think they're going to team up again here pretty soon. Um the next we get a, a TNA original all time classic match. Um, well, this is not this match was not an all time classic good match, but the two TNA originals is what I meant, um, to say, and a rematch of an of all time classic TNA match from the fairground days. You got Chris Sabin taking on Frankie Gazarian, and um, you know, the match was good, it was every bit as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, I was surprised that it went to a no contest, I honestly thought. That Tony Khan was going to let Kazarian come over here and and take an L to Chris Saban, boy, did I really nail that one too? I was completely wrong about that one. Oops,
2: my bad. Still That's learning bad. how to was the show. Um, yeah, if you book AEW talent, they are not <laughs> going to lose. I didn't no. think that was going to extend to Impact because we did see Christian lose that yeah. one, that one time. That, um, that was it.
1: And then yeah. Eddie Kingston lost to Ishii last week, but I guess the the, the partnership with New Japan and AEW is a little stronger, I would a say.
2: Different, a little different. Um, now, that being said, it did kind of make sense. I was okay. I'm not, like, yeah. too worried about this, because storyline-wise, it does make sense. Frankie, by the way, is also being currently utilized in AEW. He is in a feud with Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara for the TNT title, so it's not yeah. like he's not doing anything over there. Um, a lot of
1: people think that they haven't seen Kazarian in a long time. It's
2: probably because they don't watch Rampage probably because they don't watch rampage there a lot of the tnt title stuff that's being done on rampage which is the tnt show which makes sense so yeah. um yeah uh i don't know where we're going but it looks like frankie's gonna stick around and do some stuff with honor no more so cool yeah um i i think um i you know without
1: getting into spoilers uh, he does come back the next night of tapings and he teams up with the motor city machine guns take on honor more so um and i don't know how that ends up but and I don't know if he's coming to Slammiversary or not, but that's that's what's going down.
2: That ends up with JD being really happy. That's yeah, gonna be yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. Which part? So,
2: well, Eddie, Eddie and OGK?
1: I, I really don't remember. Oh, Honestly, okay. I just know that he teams up with the machine guns, which makes sense because it's the TNA like originals, right? And then Honor No More, they have moved their hatred from Ring of Honor to a TNA is what it's looking like, which
2: I think is a cool story. But I'm um, okay with it. I'm okay with it because it makes sense because Ring of Honor is under different hands now. So yeah. are they mad at? TNA f- for not, why are they mad at TNA or excuse me? Uh, why are they mad at impact? I
1: don't know yet. They said that impact has been spewing lies for 20 years. And for 20 years, they've been screwing on and no more. And I'm like, on and more is about seven months old guys. Or wait, no, they started in January, less than six months old. So I'm, I'm failing to correlate why they're mad at this point, but they are definitely mad at impact. And they're definitely mad at the history of TNA.
2: Yeah. I don't understand that. Cause even the, they called them up, like well, you guys got fired. But you're here now, so I mean, like, yeah. I don't, I got, I got them being mad at Ring of Honor. That made perfect sense, right? But they have to pivot now. Yeah, and their whole their whole thing is being mad at authority,
1: right? Or being mad for a reason. But now they have to make that anger towards Impact.
2: So why can't they be mad at Scott for not giving them contracts? Because
1: I think they have contracts
2: now. But do they have? I mean, like, why don't they? Why can they say you have provisional status? I mean, it's wrestling. You can make stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, right they can be I, outlaws yeah doesn't matter I just I just need a reason why we're angry like why is Eddie angry?
1: yeah I don't know so um this this match ends we'll we'll go uh, so after both men knocked down one another so the the match was essentially even between both guys uh the referee started to count but honor more hit the ring. Sabin and Kazarian were no matches. They were quickly beaten down as Honor Moore celebrated, making their mark against two of the most decorated stars in Impact history. So then they go backstage. Honor More were backstage and putting down Impact's history. Before they say too much, they're interrupted by Heath and Rhino, um, who were talking trash. And then at one point, uh, Rhino called somebody a piece of crap, but they bleeped out the word crap. I think they were wanting us to believe that he said shit, But when you look at his mouth, he definitely said crap, and Impact bleeped out crap. I'm like, come on, guys. What are we doing here? I watched the YouTube version.
2: I don't remember that happening.
1: So I'm watching the Access version, and so maybe they were just trying to make it more edgy for Access. I don't know.
2: That's pretty soft, man.
1: I've seen some pretty – (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Access has some pretty tough programming, and they show they show like rated R movies and stuff, and they don't yeah. really bleep out everything in those movies. So why would they do that here? Crap! Wow, that's yeah. uh, wow. That yeah, they they bleeped out crap. I have no idea, but I just thought that was funny. I decided to let everybody
2: know that. Let me throw. I just had a crazy idea. Let me throw. You know who? You know who should get the one up and zone? If I don't know more, hates Impact, right? And they want to strike back at all these TNA originals. You know who they have to bring in? to give the final blow to honor no more Jarrett. absolutely
1: yeah yeah so um uh, a friend of mine michael cavaccini who's writing the tna book was uh had some back and forth with dixie carter and he said you know dixie s- said something i hope i hope we get to see you at at slammiversary is something he said something to that effect Or, and then i i made a comment on there i was like i don't know how you could have the 20th anniversary without jeff jarrett without dixie without tanae and don west i don't know how you celebrate 20 years of the history without those four i just don't nah, i know i know dixie tanked the company but she did keep it alive for a lot longer than it would have been uh, had she not taken it over so
2: yeah i don't i mean I, all i'm saying is i just hope jeff jerry comes in at some point for a one-off yeah. and hits eddie edwards with a guitar yeah,
1: yeah, me too. Uh, next, we got Bupinda Gujar and W. Morrissey. They defeated she uh, Shira and Raj Singh. A uh, decent little match. Uh, probably the best I've seen Gujar do. Uh, you know, it's this is one of the situations where W. Morrissey is over. He's, like, really over. And so what you do is you put a guy like Bupinda Gujar, who you want to get over, you put him with Morrissey. And then all of a sudden, hopefully, he will start getting over. And I think the crowd was into him tonight more than they really have been into him before um, but that I've ever seen. And uh, we know that Gujar sticking around because one of his uh, latest videos uh, from a couple weeks ago, I think, a, a confrontation with Raj Singh is up over 4 million views on Facebook, man. So uh, that guy's got a decent little following there in India.
2: That's the trick with the with the Indian fan base, right? Is you get a ton of Facebook hits, or excuse me, a ton of uh, YouTube views, but they don't really translate into anything because you can't really you can't really do a whole lot in the market, right? Yeah, like you can't run shows there; nobody buys tickets. Like the the monetization in India is not super expensive, but I guess it's good for them overall. And then the four million, you can't scoff the four million views; that's a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I like using Morrissey in the spot too. So. It's working for that, I guess. It's just just tricky to monetize it. No one's figured that out yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, no one's figured that out. Um, So next, uh, Miller was backstage with Moose. Moose stated that he's going to get his hands on Callahan before being interrupted by Macklin. Macklin stated that Moose needed to focus on their upcoming uh, tag team match next week. So next week, Macklin and Moose are teaming up to take on Morrissey and PCO. PCO, who was just heel in the segment before back to baby face here i have no fucking clue what they're doing and i don't think they do either with pco who well, is I, over as a baby
2: face yeah this is what i don't get It's weird because again i don't think we were being crazy when we said oh they're probably separating pco from honor no more because he never made sense in the beginning and like letting him be a I mean just don't have him show up with honor no more anymore it doesn't it's not that hard yeah it's like you don't even need like like
1: they can do a quick they where they kick him out of the thing and then he just you know feuds with them a little bit you know what i mean like they if that's what they want to do or they could just pretend like it never happened that's fine shit
2: that's we get that in wrestling all the time people like that didn't happen i don't know what what happened at pco i was like ah he's a goody two shoes now you know what i mean so poochie went back to his home planet and nobody ever asked again (laughs) you know that's we accept these things all the time in wrestling i don't know yeah
1: yeah i don't know uh and then there was uh at one point the uh the lights flickered and there was a bunch of stuff happening and moose got really scared oh
2: god i hate this is my least favorite part of the show because i mean (laughs) i get it i get it sammy callahan is a hacker he messes with things but when you interrupt a feed like if i start shaking my computer right now and like that shouldn't scare you no right it doesn't because nothing happened where you're sitting It only happened in the feed. I mean, it's like we're knocking on the door of Hulk Hogan looking in the mirror and seeing the ultimate warrior.
1: (laughs) Or picking up his own head that was clearly plastic.
2: (laughs) Eric Bishop is convinced that people don't respect him enough for being the genius that he is. I'm just going to let that out there. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: uh, main event time uh we had a hell of a main event uh i will say now violent by design of uh young dina and Doring, they defeated josh alexander in the briscoe so uh eric young getting the victory here to keep him strong as he heads into the pay-per-view which i think is a good idea um really really good match we'll, we'll go towards the end here and then we'll talk about it young tagged in Deaner, who quickly charged at the downed alexander before tagging Young back in once again. Uh, we saw quick back-and-forth tags between Young and Diener before commentary pointed out that Alexander was busted on the nose. Alexander refused to quit, however, and finally made the tag to Mark Briscoe. It was all Briscoes at this point as they nailed a double-team move for a two-count before calling for the doomsday device. Before they could finish the match, Diener nailed Mark with the flag. Um, kind of reminded me of uh, of um, uh, the Sheep Herders and Johnny Ace on the outside with the flag. I was watching Sheep Herders versus Fantastics. I have no idea why. I wanted to watch it, but I just did. And, and that's what that reminded me of. But um, <laughs> See, I was thinking um, of some
2: like Jim Cornette Yo, and uh, uh, Mr. Fuji with Yokozuna stuff. But <laughs> your, yours is actually better than, than mine, so I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll let that slide.
1: Yeah. Uh, he nailed him with a flag and then managed to capitalize by hitting Mark with Dean or DDT for a two count before Alexander made the save. Young entered the ring and attempted to nail Alexander with a pile driver while Josh attempted to hit the C4 spike, but both men failed. Young tossed Alexander to the outside, and before he could head back into the ring, was nailed with a running crossbody by a waiting dooring. Uh, they're back in the ring. Diener and Young were battling the Briscoes, looking to land a doomsday device to their own, but were unsuccessful. Mark started going to town on both men, but as he was heading to the top rope, he got nailed by Diener with Young's hockey mask. Young saw the opportunity, hit the pile driver on Mark, and it was a 1-2-3 for final by design picking up the big victory before Uh I loved this match. I actually really like the finish. Uh, I don't mind the Briscoes taking the L here because by, the, by design cheated to win and um, and Eric Young is looking strong heading into Slammiversary.
2: You know what I am My new favorite thing that people do is they get really mad when heels cheat to win. And it's like yeah. good, good. That's how you're supposed that's how you're supposed to feel. <laughs> like it makes yeah. me happy. I'm like, oh good. The work still does work. Cause I love especially with podcasters, like, you know, I just don't understand why these seals have to have to give us these, you know, cheating wins. Like, because they're supposed to, and this is how you're supposed to feel. Like it's just you want to know the over the most overused term in wrestling media
1: and please. in wrestling podcasting. Please, please. Overbooking. Oh, yes it's over, is over. overbooking is an overused term. Mm-hmm. Overbooking means heels were cheating to win. That's yeah, to what me. that means. If you want to see, if you want to see matches with zero story or heels, aren't cheating to win that, Go to Dragon Gate or something. Oh I, no no no.
2: Oh, no! no 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 no! Don't go to Dragon. I have oh, not Dragon Gate. Oh, it's Dragon Gate. Okay, if you want to talk about overbooking, let me tell <laughs> okay. you about Dragon Gate. <laughs> am I like, wait?
1: So I, am I showing my ignorance big time? Yes,
2: hundred <laughs> percent. Dragon Gate is not the company you want to talk about. Talk about okay. Rings. Go watch Rings videos. Rings. Yeah. Yes. You there know, you go go. watch some UWFI. Like that's yes. that's that stuff. Dragon Gate is not that. <laughs> okay.
1: By the way, I, I have not seen Dragon Gate. I think I've seen one Dragon Gate match. Dragon
2: so I... Gate. <laughs> rules, but it is like it is. Uh, it is like impacty in Japan. We'll oh, okay. leave it at that. But the work rate is fantastic. But some of this, th- they have very intricate, deep story. i, I, I This is not a Dragon Gate show. Um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, this yeah. is like I do. Everyone's got themselves worked. Like not every. in the like, oh, we're getting, we're getting count outs and disqualifications. Like, well, they're fine to have them. Yeah, right. You just don't just... do a WWE. Doesn't abuse them all the there time. you go. That's the yeah. key. Like these are storytelling tropes and crutches devices whatever you want to call them but they're necessary right just just
1: don't overdo them like i think raw probably had you know six matches and five of them had dqs or something like that you know yeah don't do that tonight damn near every match had a clean finish Mm -hmm. except for the main event which had a heels cheating to win which is great that's what
2: they're supposed to do yeah right it's it's like i these people ever watch a Ric Flair match? He never won. And when he did, he was cheating. Like he (laughs) never made a guy. He rarely made guys submit to the figure four. Like, that's not what he, I mean, I really truly believe that a lot of these people really don't watch wrestling. Like it's like, they've literally worked themselves. I hate this phrase worked into a shoot. Like I hate that phrase, but I mean, like I, I can't think of another way to describe this. It's like some people just like, they're so vehemently opposed to, Heels being heels, heels should cheat. That's why they're dastardly. They're vile. They're, we're supposed to feel that way, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely, yeah. And and I
1: thought this was an effective way to end the show. Um, and what you're doing is you're building up Eric Young, who two weeks ago we were saying did not seem like a, a very credible challenger because he has not won a lot of singles matches in the last year or so he's been primarily a tag team guy he gets through the gauntlet he he defeats uh, Chris Sabin who is a protected guy and then here this week he has a, a pinfall victory over a tag team champion so now now they start that build to get him to Slam Anniversary um and then, and then they have you know 20
2: years worth of footage to get you uh, hyped up for an Eric Young main event so yeah i agree i do wish it does seem like this was not the plan 6 weeks ago yeah it does feel i do wish that they have been taking a pay-per-view or two to get him to this level, but we didn't. So we're here and we're making do with what we got. But in the last couple of weeks, it's been better. Like, I think they've booked violent by design. Well, I think they booked Eric young. Well, in particular getting that pile driver over. So, I mean, like it's, uh, it's been working and I, the match should be really good. The match should be really good.
1: Yeah. match should be really good. And, um, Hey, everybody, if you're listening to us on Apple podcasts and Spotify, stick around, you're getting some free Patreon content, and if you want this content each and every week, and you get it early, you get it ad-free, you get it before everybody else does, go to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and subscribe I think we're just five bucks a month you get tons of content, uh, you you get this show, you get it early ad-free with a, with an extra 30 to 40 minutes a week uh, you also get uh, John LaRocca and Garrett Gonzalez reviewing 1998 Raws, you get boxing, you got MMA, you got all kinds of content coming from uh, Fight Game Media, so please support the show support the network and, and help us out man but stick around we we got uh we're gonna start off hot on our what is typically our patreon section jd how do
2: you want to start off well first we are talking about this patreon i listened to justin and fumi's show today Ooh. write that down it's a history of japanese wrestlers in america it Ooh, was yeah. fantastic there is not a better like to just straight up history and wrestling podcasts. And what Justin and Fumi do every week. And like that, I know like that kills usually on our, our views and downloads and stuff like that is write that down. So that's like, Oh, and it's, it's, there's a reason for it. Like those we'll two guys. will never be
1: number one as long as damn Fumi's on the network. And you No, know Fumi kills wrestling. rest I love
2: those. that. He's great. Yeah, I know. Uh, the competitor in yeah. me is all pissy about it. But I mean, in <laughs> reality, I listen to the show. I'm like, this is great. And I text Justin yeah. all the oh, time. I'm yeah. like, you guys are awesome. Like, as, yeah. a, as a history nerd, I absolutely love that. So if, if you're into okay. those kind of things, that is a Patreon thing you're going to the- love is write that down. The AWA series was very good too, by the way. It was really good. It was like Fumi's got such a great little anthem. Like today, today, I just learned that Lute Fez babysat baby Nick Bachwinkle. And Nick Bachwinkle threw up on him as a baby. I'm like, that's amazing content. Where I had no idea that was a thing. Uh, It it, it makes sense
1: now because. I have not listened to the show yet, but it makes sense now because Luthez worked in San Francisco. Leo Namalini, Warren Bockwinkle, Nick's dad Bingo. from San Francisco, and that's where Nick grew up. Makes sense that Luthez would probably would have known Nick Bachwinkle when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. All ties in together.
2: Yep, it's amazing to think that one world champion threw up on another, and no alcohol was involved. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hey, let's let's go ahead and start our typical Patreon patreon segment we're gonna start off hot with a brace for debate you want to do some brace for debate this week let's do it let's do it i said okay. we were
2: going to debate but i don't remember what we, what we were talking about debating so well I'm I, not sent, I sent
1: you the graphic i don't know if you got it but uh we want to talk about uh, whether or not impact should send josh alexander to new japan to compete in the g1 tournament um so this was a question that JD brought up to the group. So, JD, let's oh, go yeah. ahead and
2: hear your thoughts. I did say that. This was yeah. my idea. This um, was your idea. I forgot. I So we're ta- so I was thinking about this at lunch today. I'm like, who, if I'm impacted because I have a hunch that uh, looking at the best of the Super Juniors right now, they have done, New Japan has done a great job really leveraging their partnerships to just get new blood. And like for the best Super Juniors, we've got um, Alex Zane. Who's kind of unaffiliated right now? He does some strong stuff, but he's <clears throat> really fresh off WWE. We've got our own Ace Austin. We've got Wheeler Yuta. We've got L. Lindemann. They've got Teton. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of new blood in this tournament. It's really made it interesting. So, I'm going to assume that this year for the G1, they're going to do the same thing and really utilize their partnerships. So, I'm thinking if I'm Impact, who do I send? Right and yeah. I honestly didn't have an answer for this so I, was through, I threw it out to our our uh, brace for impact group and I said who would you guys do and uh I forget who said it but they were like someone said Josh our world champion was it you that said that That was me yeah Yeah and I was like no I don't think I would do Josh So okay, you go know I mean? so... you go first what you make the case for Josh and I'll make the case against Josh
1: Okay um so I three three points for for Josh Alexander a if if you send him over there with the title, you're gonna take the title in front of a brand new audience or an audience that typically wouldn't see Josh Alexander with the championship. Kind of like what we're seeing with the best of the super juniors, but the G1 is more coveted and more important in a bigger event than the best of the super juniors. So you're gonna you're gonna send Josh Alexander over in probably not probably in fact the most prestigious tournament in wrestling today. Um, the, like the G1 is it. If you get into the G1, you're almost a made man, right? So you send you send your top star over there to compete against the best in the world, and you're gonna have stars from AEW. You're gonna have you might have some Noah stars in it because there's a relationship there. You're definitely gonna have all the New Japan stars in it. So you're, you're gonna have a lot of big stars. Uh, maybe not Noah because they do their N1 tournament, but I'm just saying you're a lot of the best wrestlers in the world are gonna be in this tournament. Someone's right?
2: gonna break a hip if you someone from Noah over there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, but wouldn't you like to see Nakajima in the tournament? Yes. Cool no, be? no, I would not. And I'll tell, and I will explain why. Oh, that is Okay. My, okay, well, my reasoning. But continue. Okay, we'll 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 get to that. Okay. Uh no, number 2. You know, they just had the main event match with Ishii. Um I think that if you send Josh over there and he loses a couple of matches, you can then bring the guys that beat him in Japan, you can bring a couple of those guys into the States to do rematches and to set up matches for for down the road. Kind of like what we just saw with Ace Austin losing to Takahashi, they're already starting the process of setting up a future exhibition title match. Now, if that doesn't happen and that's not in the plans, then okay, then then maybe there's an argument not to put in there, but but that's fine. Uh, and then third, you're going to get Josh the opportunity to put on the best matches that he's had in his career. And he's already on a a roll right now, starting from last year into this year, where every match he has is a banger. Some of the, the, his matches from this year are among the highest rated matches that Dave Meltzer has ever rated for this company in the history of this company. He's already had them. Now you're going to get to put him over in the G one to where he's actually going to probably break that five-star threshold. And people are going to start hearing, hearing his name in a positive light. All over the wrestling world, a lot of people in the in the industry flock to that G1 to get those five-star matches. So there, there's my three points. Even if he loses two or three matches, I think there's
2: only upside for Josh Alexander in the G1. I don't I don't trust the booking with Josh Alexander because impact when you have we've talked about before when you're when you have a partnership, you are at the partner's discretion, right? We get the stronger partner's discretion. Impact is not the stronger partner in this. Now Ace Austin's been booked very, very well. Very. But I think he is, the super junior is different than the G1, right? And bringing in juniors is different, right? Like, no, it's very, very rare for a guy to go from the junior division to the heavyweight division, right? And the junior division is really um, not ignored, but I mean, it's just kind of an afterthought. This tournament's been a lot of fun, but it's more for your hardcore wrestling fan, right? best shooter always been, even in Japan, it's the hardcore wrestling. Game. The G one is the premier thing. And new Japan booking is going to take precedence over that. So no matter what you're, I don't think he is going to take two to three losses. I think he's going to take four to five losses. When they brought Nakajima in, in 2016, he did okay. Right. right. He was okay. He was a Noah guy. So, and again, this, we didn't get this version of Nakajima either, but he wasn't like a threat to win it. Right moxley when they came in in 2019 came out real hot He was 5-0 to start and then went on a skid and wound up okay like but he by the end of the tournament he wasn't a threat to win so i don't i think if you're gonna bring josh in take the belt off of him because i don't think you want to showcase your world champion to a new audience and tell that new audience that this guy is the champion, but he can't beat our, some of our, he can't beat our guys. Yeah, but in, in New Japan, isn't it more
1: important, the fighting spirit more important, and the match quality more important over there? I mean, Ishii
2: never wins those things, and he's always among the MVPs of that tournament. Ishii's always there. Ishii lives there. Ishii is part of that, is part of that. But Ishii is loved, but he never, he never sniffs a main event. Unless it's like something that's like, oh, you get to the main event this night of the G1. Right. Right. He's never been a top guy. That's why there's debate about whether he should go in the Observer Hall of Fame, because like if you just match quality, yes, he's there. But he's not a top guy. I mean, he's not. He has great matches, but he's never he's never going to be a guy who will be a champion. And then if you're going to bring in Josh once and he loses three, four matches, if you know, he's not I mean, they're not going to look at the impact world title as on level with the IWGP title. Well, no, and it's not look at look at, Linda, it. look at and look Linneman. Are you gonna like that's they've got they've got the uh, glates L- World? from Gleat, right? Glate, yes. Glate Glate. It's everyone oh. pronounces it wrong. It's like Justin told me this. It's okay. um it's supposed to be I'm trying not to get myself in trouble, but this is what Justin told me. Okay. It's Imagine if there was an R instead of an E and L in that word. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say yeah. it. I not want to come off bad, but that's how it's right. supposed to that. Okay. Um, You know, that's their world champion. Right. Is that really doing Glate any favors? Now, if you take the title off of Josh, put him over there, and he does all that stuff, fantastic. He will look great. But I think that if you put him as the champion over there, what does that really do for your title? Well, if if they if they send him over there and they book him
1: the way that Ace Austin's being booked right now, where he's five and one, he just beat Ishimore today, who is the junior heavyweight champion, right? He's uh, also- and he's lost
2: to Takahashi. So but um, it's that's different. Like they can yeah. they look at a guy like Ace Austin and like, oh, we can use this guy. He doesn't like that could, he's a guy who could be New Japan, a New Japan talent, right? Right. And he could, cause that's the thing. That's a, that is an upward move for him with Josh. Do you want that to be that? Do you want that to be the future of your world champion? Right. Do you want that to be presented as well? This is a guy that can go there full time. Right. You don't, you want to keep him. You want to keep him here and keep him strong and keep him the champion of impact. I think you send moose
1: i i think i think moose would do very well in that tournament i really do even if he goes
2: 500 i think that Which, that's fine yeah, yeah and he'll be better but i mean yeah. like you want to and that's why like if they send if AEW sends a guy it's it's got to either be danielson or somebody else like it won't be mox because mox has already done it and it definitely won't be hangman or punk or whoever whoever's the champion at the time
1: sure as hell ain't kenny
2: no, <laughs> Kenny's got other things sent that us. That's a that's another story altogether. Right, but right. like, they are gonna they're gonna send a work rate guy, right? Yeah. And this probably that's so why it's probably Danielson, because I can't think of any. But I mean, there's a lot of guys that want to, but Danielson is the dude. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't send Hang, Hangman Page there because Hangman Page there is still a mid card guy, right? And if you send Hangman Page there with the title. The Japanese fans are going to go, Oh, I remember him. He used to be, he used to be never open six weight champion. Yeah. Right. And that's what Josh is too. Like Josh, they don't know Josh Alexander. The title ain't going to make him over there. Right, and Josh is not. Josh works New Japan strong. Strong is different.
1: He, but he's not book strong. He, no, he's, he's some lower level guys. He's undefeated there, but he's usually match one or match two on those shows, even though he's the champion.
2: When I went, when I went to uh, the, the New Japan Chicago show, he's in the opening ten man. Yeah, right. He's just on strong. Josh is just a dude. Why? Because he's impact.
1: Yeah. He's but dead. when, when like, Moose goes over there, they, they put him in
2: a bigger match when Moose is there. They did knew, because, because Moose is a guy they can use. Yeah. Right? That's a that is an that could be an upward movement for Moose, right? That's different. Like they've already like Josh is the dude. We've said Josh is the dude. And when you have the dude, you gotta protect the dude. Right. Yeah. How many times can I work that into a sentence? Like I you just watch Big Lebowski after this. I, Sorry. Ooh, I think I might. Like, <laughs> I just don't I, I think and again, if Josh, I'm not saying they're not gonna do it. I'm saying, like, I don't know if it's the right move to do it with if he's got the title. Right. Yeah. I think you got I think you got to protect your title, especially the impact world title, because you're still rehabbing the company. Right. Right. You want your champion. I I'm a firm believer that you want your world champion to seem unbeatable. Right. Especially like if he's going to go to New Japan. Right. He's got to have a big match. Oh, a, yeah. a big match. He has to be presented like a big deal. Strong. I don't think like if, if they're going to have a guy from if they're going to have an Amer- a strong American talent in that tournament, it's going to be Tom. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's going to be that's Tom's yeah. the star of the show. Right. And now you got that strong title off of Tom Phil So he can take some losses here and there. And he'll look great doing it. He's got the fighting background. So he'll be he'll be perfect. Like strong is really like Tom and Fred Rosser's show. Mm. Right? It's not Josh's. So I mean that's what I, that's you see what I'm saying? Like, we've yeah. already got a precedent set over here. Bring in the guy they don't know very well. Cause one, they're gonna look at Moose and they're gonna be like, Holy jeez, look at this guy. He's gonna stand yeah. out, he's super athletic, he's way better in the ring than anybody gives him credit for. Like oh yeah, Moose could be it could be like a career defining performance for Moose.
1: Man, I I hate to admit this, but you might have changed my mind. Goddamn! You know, you know I because just <laughs> thinking of Moose in that tournament could do wonders for Moose because even even mm-hmm. the people that that continually want to hold his past against him, they will probably even some of them won't come around, but a lot yeah. of them are like, well, look how amazing this guy is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he, he has this hanging over his head, but. He's still fantastic, right? and so they'll they'll get to see him in a different light, which
2: would... I, I I agree. and I think that I think both companies win if it's moose. Like I do think that because you know, let's be honest, what has typically gotten over with the Japanese audience, they like the big American guys always have yeah. right? And um there's not a lot of guys that look like moose over there. there aren't no, that can go like moose that can go like moose. That's the yeah. thing like moose kind of like he looks kind of like a Tony Atlas type physically, right. But he's so much better. Like he's no. so good.
1: A million times more athletic than Atlas ever. Absolutely. Of you know like I mean?
2: he'll I think he could blow away those fans because they love, they appreciate match quality. Yeah. Right. And I think that if Moose is put in that situation, he could really, really be somebody at the end of it. And really get the because again, we we're talking about impact, man. We do an impact show. We know that Moose is really good. I don't think A lot of people really get that. Like, I think Moose's um, past really defines him a lot to like, you know, our circle of wrestling fans. And, you know, say what you want about that. I can't speak to that. I don't know what it is. But I think that, like you said, if you have a rehabilitation project, like, let's say the Tessa Blanchard thing worked before (laughs) – and it could have changed people's opinions, yeah, right? Yeah, she yeah. made sure she made sure that was not to happen. <laughs> yeah, she let everybody know she's not ready to improve. So. Moose does business, man. Yeah, yeah, he does. Moose does business. Yeah. I think that if I were Impact and I could send one guy, I would keep the belt on Josh and I would send Moose. And you also get to build Moose back up to re-challenge Josh because that is a feud that you can always go back to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think you made some very good points, and I would love to see Moose in the G one.
2: Um, I am so- going to, now that we're doing a video show that apparently isn't live. I am going to make a brace for debate graphic for the next time.
1: Oh yes, and we um, we don't need to force the debate, but if we have something that we as we talk about throughout the week, if we have okay. something that we know we're probably going to be opposite on, we'll stop the conversation right then and there, and then we'll do a brace for debate. We'll like save it, save it, brace for debate.
2: Brace for debate. I love it.
1: And shout out God Illo for coming up with the name of that segment. So yes, that, that thanks. So, <laughs> um, so uh, I want to do just a quick housekeeping, Not housekeeping, but uh, Impact had a couple of uh, live event announcements. So on uh, July 1st and July 2nd, they are actually making their debut at Center Stage for Against All Odds, and a an event uh, Impact taping called Southern uh, uh, Southern Hostility is what they're calling it. I don't know. That's that's the
2: name of it. Oh, it's like a play on I, Southern Hospitality. It's, yeah, but it's hostility. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't work, but okay. No,
1: <laughs> no, no, they're not going to change the the graphics or anything during the actual event. That's just what they're calling it. Um, I think it's really cool that they're going to center stage, though, as an old WCW Saturday Night fan. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's very cool. I, I, I was did. worried that they might go back to the Coca-Cola Roxy place, but uh, center stage is probably more what they can uh, put people in right now.
2: I got a buddy that did some MMA fighting out at Center Stage. You said it's uh, it's a pretty cool place. I guess it's not quite the dump it was in the 90s. I think they've renovated it. So uh, yeah, I know Ring of Honor was doing stuff there too before they got shut down. Like this, is cool yeah. man. I like. I mean, it's it's Center Stage, right? You gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta do that.
1: Yeah. And then they're heading back to to Louisville. Um and on July 15th and July 16th, that's the event that I was saying that they're advertising Matt Cardona for who is also advertised at a GCW event that same night. So, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know which one he's going to be at, but
2: he might have trouble making both dates.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz one's in LA and one's in Louisville. Uh, I hope you know just because I'm an impact podcaster now but i hope he's going to be working the impact tapings but he's on the poster i don't know what he's going to be doing though maybe maybe he goes to the gcw show on the 15th and then comes to the uh the impact tapings on the 16th and he can tape some backstage vignettes
2: and do one or two matches well i'm not i don't watch gcw so i hope he's in impact
1: yeah yeah same um and i'm probably not going to start watching gcw anytime soon should we get into some gcw controversy Oh, yes. Let's do that. Yes. Okay. So um, there's a big controversy. This guy, Mikey Gordon, who is a guy out of L.A. who has kind of helped out work some uh, L.A. indie shows and things like that, apparently was helping um, book some of the talent with GC. Not book them, but you know, kind of help out getting the talent for the show and things like that, The the shows that GCW is doing in L.A. Well, apparently – now, this is a complete accusation. All right, so this is one person's story of saying this is what happened, this is what I did, and he has um, Facebook Messenger messages that he is showing that is proof. Uh, but in none of those messages does it outright say. So it's him and Brett Lauderdale, the the owner of GCW, um, and no, in any none of those messages does it actually say, "Hey, uh, I'm hiring you to do this." So he does not have like actual evidence of this accusation that he's saying so the accusation is is that brett lauderdale hired this guy mikey gordon to fake 50 covid tests so that way they could hold an event in la okay so here here's verbatim what uh, mikey gordon said on uh, on a facebook post to the murder death kill club whatever that is that's a facebook group i guess dedicated to nick gage but uh here's what he says fuck brett lauderdale Brett ran tons of shows during COVID because he got us to make a ton of fake, false, negative COVID-19 tests. What he's just admitting to is a felony, by the way. (laughs) He said, Brett made his money off the backs of guys like Nick Gage while paying him peanuts and handling Gage's social media and bookings. Okay, not surprised if someone tweets for Nick Gage. I think that's appropriate. I think it's a good idea. Um, Who did Brett ever make famous? Joey, I'm a fucktar Janella. Joey got famous for being tossed off a building and got a contract. He's probably right about that. Uh, Once AEW realized he had no talent, they benched and eventually didn't re sign him. Why? Because he's a fucking unsafe dipshit who can't light a limb on fire. Actually, he can light a limb on fire. I saw him light his leg on fire. He can't put it fire out. That's his problem. Um, Brett doesn't get anyone a contract. Brett doesn't give his wrestlers a raise. How can you be an outlaw when you're sucking Stephanie McMahon's dick? sorry backstage at wrestlemania on comps she gave you so apparently brett's a sellout for going to mania for free ask atticus cougar uh he spelled kogar uh, why he won't work for brett ask mike
2: what is is kogar it's kogar
1: kogar oh i thought it was supposed to be my bad it's kogar yeah continue okay i don't don't watch this shit uh ask mike (laughs) why he quit working with brett now Brett walks into every town in America and promises all the local indie talent that he can make them a star when he really just underpays them and gets them to cancel their local bookings to get on GCW's uh, GCW show. How do the rest of the GCW guys that came up with Brett feel that their $50 to $100 paydays, which are promised to be raised, are now used on guys like Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash while the GCW talent pay for their own rental cars and hotels? Why? Because fuck Brett Lauderdale. I found Brett's first venue in L.A. My people made over 50 fake COVID test results so he could run shows during the pandemic. I paid talent, paid for accommodations, and split some costs so he could bring his guys to the LA area on. Uh, August um, August uh, 8, 2019, this would have been before the pandemic, by the way. November 7, 2019, also before the pandemic. October 17, 2020, which would be during the pandemic, and then in September 2021. So there you go. That's, that's what this guy is uh, accusing them of. Uh, Brett Lauderdale uh, put out a statement to Fightful saying that he is not going to talk about it. He's consulting his lawyers. That right there sounds kind of fishy to me, but then uh, Joey Janella and Tony Depp and several other GCW stars have called bullshit on the whole accusation. This is a serious thing. And I know I kind of made fun of some of it because uh, the, I thought the post was pretty funny, but <laughs> uh, this, this is a crazy, a wild story that I honestly hope is not true. But if it turns out to be true, I'm not really all that
2: surprised. I can't say I would be surprised if it was true. Um, a lot of the talent has said that's bullshit. Um, But a lot of talent stood by Paul Heyman, too, in in ECW when he was doing all kinds of craziness. So, I mean, like, it's not that I can't take people at their word, but this guy also comes off like an absolute lunatic. Oh, yeah. Like, he just admitted to me and my people committed multiple federal felonies. That's 50 counts, (laughs) by the way. You said you fake 50 COVID tests. That's 50 felonies. So, good luck with that. Um, This whole situation is really bizarre, Especially, I don't know, like I said, a lot of the talent are calling bullshit, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if Brett Lauderdale was doing something. I mean, this is a guy who ran shows and I believe like so September of, of 2020 at the height of the pandemic when uh, in Indiana, which I live next to Indiana, it's, there's no law there. And people were getting sick and throwing up in the bathroom and it was disgusting. Like, and he, he had to go on, remember he went on a fight film and was like basically apologizing to people yeah but and
1: this was in like uh during the pandemic and it was outside in the heat and like people were passing out in
2: like in their chairs and stuff like that right yeah and people got there was like people were eating food and getting sick and throwing i mean it was supposed to be like pretty bad that being yeah. but that being said like i don't know i don't know the man he's always come off to me as a little sketchy <sighs> This whole thing is sketchy like it wouldn't surprise me if this guy was lying. It wouldn't surprise me if everybody was lying about something because it's wrestling and like we don't see it's nice because like wrestling is such a scuzzy business and like it's so corporate now, right? We don't get to see the scuzz anymore. So it's nice that, you know, there's still some scuzzy wrestling around that we can point and laugh at.
1: Yeah. I, so I I right now it would it's like unfathomable fathomable to think that somebody would fake a COVID test because COVID tests are so easy to get right now. But back then oh, it was you know, hard. in the height they were yeah. not that easy to get. Like mm-hmm. you had to jump through hoops to get those tests, right? Uh, and then they, when you did a lot of places you couldn't get them for a couple of days. Um, you couldn't get the instantaneous results. Right now you can get a test result in 15 minutes, no big mm-hmm. deal. Back then, it would take, you know, sometimes it would take, some places would be an hour, some places would be two to three days, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and you couldn't even get on a plane without those tests. You couldn't even travel without those tests. And if you wanted to get a permit for a show, you had to prove that you're doing all these things. So, is it out of the realm of possibility that they would actually fake some COVID tests? I don't think that's that out of the, like, I could see why somebody would want to do that. I mean, it's kind of scummy, but I understand.
2: Yeah, at the same time, though, like, when you talk about that, like, you need them to get on flights, so you need to get here, you need them to get there. Like, so you're faking these tests in California, then mailing them to the town who live outside. St- I mean, like, there's also well, a lot they, of logistics stuff that doesn't quite click with me well, either. No,
1: they were faking things. the results. So they were creating fake results, oh. right, online. So like digital emails um, that looked official is kind of what it would look like to me.
2: I don't know, man. This <sighs> anyone who, who goes out of their way to admit to felonies that they can later go, well, I was lying. <laughs> right because again you could say that if you didn't actually do it you could say well i lied you know and then they you can't say i don't know man this whole thing is it's super super suspect and super super fishy i would not want to do business with gcw but i've also given them money for a couple of shows and been like oh i don't want to do do that i don't want to do business with gcw so i mean like it's what yeah.
1: Like I, the guy accusing him. I think his name's his wrestling name's called dirty Ron. I, I would not want to do business with somebody named dirty Ron. That just sounds like a
2: bad idea. Wrestling man.
1: Yeah. Dirty, dirty Ron dirty McDonald.
2: Ron. Dirty Ron. <laughs> dirty Ron and his fake COVID tests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, why would well, I, you admit I, that? Why would what, what does okay, what does this dude stand to gain by doing this? He's just so, getting himself in trouble. I mean, what's he gonna do? Try to plead immunity? He, like
1: he's he's using like his shoot name uh in the in the post, uh, which is like okay, dude, you're you're basically telling the cops to come and get you at that point.
2: But why? What does he stand to gain? Like if that's everything like when do you this? why what do you have to gain
1: by doing this? Right. Uh, I, it's, it, make, it makes no sense. I mean, he's obviously trying to take GCW down because he feels wronged. He feels like he feels wronged about something, right? Maybe he was being disrespected. Maybe they didn't pay him the money that he thought he was supposed to get. I have no idea. But something happened where he feels wronged in this situation. And now you got Janella coming out saying, well, this guy does meth and he's on steroids, uh, which I'm like, I'm not surprised that GCW has guys working with him that do meth right and steroids in the wrestling business since what the 60s okay yeah um so i, I dude i don't know the i think this dude is sketchy i think gcw sketchy the whole thing is sketchy um doesn't surprise me in the bit
2: yeah i wouldn't want to be the guy what well, i don't let's I say i think usada would have a field day in the gcw locker room
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah, you walk in there and they would just blow the tests out of the water with uh, some of their piss
2: oh fake fake piss tests
1: yeah um well hey guys i you know i think i think that we're going to go ahead and call this an episode man i'm really happy that everybody got to stay around with us and i'm excited that we finally got to use the Streamyard platform i i think this is going to be a good thing for us going forward
2: yeah man i'm this worked it took us a couple weeks to figure it out thanks jeremy for giving me the crash course yes Thanks, thanks double g for teaching us how to use it i will be abusing this site as often as possible
1: Absolutely Mike. Absolutely guys. Um well hey man, since we're still like on the free feed, do you want to go ahead and uh, put a plug out there?
2: I have nothing coming out this week actually. I didn't write it. I didn't write any articles. Everyone's on vacation in Vegas but me. I'm going to watch a pay-per-view on Sunday night. Um yeah. uh, I I my Kickstarter which finished about a month ago Everyone should have their stuff soon. Like all the books have been shipped. All the digital stuff has been shipped. And I've had a couple people, which was, Hey man, I still want to get a hold of these things. They're not going to be on Amazon for a few more months. So I was advised to move my campaign over to Indiegogo. So, um, Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you, got, if you, if you want to read these books still and haven't had a chance, I will have a link. I just go to my Twitter page at JD underscore Oliva and uh, go ahead and pick them up on there because there's still going to be a lot of stuff available. Like We don't have to worry about meeting a goal. So just put an order in there, and you'll get your books in uh, a couple weeks.
1: Sounds good, man. And uh, my article will come out at some point this weekend. Uh, we are going to do some stuff for Memorial Day. Uh, Memorial Day is a big holiday here on here on the island, um, especially given you know Pearl Harbor and things like oh, that. Oh, okay. So- uh, I'm gonna go check out the Pearl Harbor Museum this weekend. I've been waiting to go do that, so oh, I'm cool. excited about that. So, um, lots of cool stuff happening here on the island. And uh, but I will get my article knocked out this week, and uh, hopefully some some interesting news comes out about Impact. <laughs> there wasn't really it's just like a oh slow week. Slow week. Yeah. Yeah. Typically we have a slow news, you know, slow news week segment. Well, the slow news week was, well, there wasn't much impact news. They, they just announced some live dates. That's about it. So So,
2: that's why we spent 20 minutes talking about the potential of faked COVID tests.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I liked that conversation. I, I, I think that we worked through that one pretty good, but Hey guys, that's going to do it for us. And until next week, Mahalo.